We'd been in Key West for fewer than 24 hours and had already heard Jimmy Buffett's Margaritaville more times than we could count. It could be the official theme song of this southernmost point on the continental United States, seemingly playing at every tourist restaurant, bar, and gift shop on this minuscule piece of land, 93 miles, 150 kilometers, north of Cuba. I'd driven nearly 1,000 interstate miles, 1,600 kilometers, with my photographer buddy, Michael Allen Ross, Mar to his friends, or at least to me, from my home in North Carolina to Key West, Florida, for the start of our epic drive. It would begin at mile marker zero on US-1, then roll across the continental U.S., Canada, and Alaska until we reached the end of the road in Dead Horse, Alaska, some 9,000 miles, 14,484 kilometers north and west from where we started. Everyone in Key West has a story about Jimmy Buffett, possibly this town's most famous former resident. As we toured the town with my friend Jack Baldwin, he pointed out Buffett landmarks, That's the house where he lived before his music career took off, he explained as we stopped in front of a two-story clabbered, a house that had likely been majestic half a century ago. Now he lives anywhere he wants. He has lots of boats and houses. Jack also pointed out a small, blocky building near the water, formerly an ice house, before Buffett converted it into a recording studio. Famous groups still record in that building because it offers a retro sound, and the old tube-type equipment everyone seems to be searching for these days. Buffett will never be a conch. That's the name given to Key West natives after the tasty mollusk caught in the area's waters. Buffett was born in Mississippi, and despite his notoriety, and no matter how long he lives in South Florida, he can never be a conch. Neither can Jack, even though he has lived here for 45 years. Newbies, like Buffett and Jack, will always be thought of as strangers by the locals. Perhaps this humiliation is why Buffett moved back to the mainland. Jack and his wife, Catherine DePoo, invited us to dinner at the Hogfish Bar and Grill. This traditional Key West seafood restaurant was within walking distance of Boyd's Campground, our home for two nights. The sun was beginning to set, but the Key West air remained so thick and humid that we easily broke a sweat during the one-mile, 1.6-kilometer, walk to dinner. En route to Hogfish, we were exposed to Key West's grittier underbelly. The ramshackle, unkempt homes one block off Highway 1 offered a sharp contrast to the expensive waterfront homes we'd seen earlier. As Mara and I approached the restaurant, we noticed that our hosts had already arrived in Jack's beautiful metallic green 1963 Studebaker Avanti. In a funky town better known for its art, music, and food, Jack stands out as one of the island's few car enthusiasts. Restaurant staff and customers left their seats to inspect his stylish ride, which was parked strategically outside the front door. Besides the Avanti, Jack has owned a Chevelle, a Beck Spider, and a C8 Corvette, and now awaits delivery of a new Z06 Corvette. During dinner, Catherine educated us about life in Key West. Catherine is a true conch, having been born and raised there, as was her father. Her mother, Susie Zuzek-Tapu, originally from New York, became a renowned Key West artist, whose colorful artwork was used for Lily Pulitzer's women's clothing. Susie's achievements granted her honorary conch status. 
Catherine told us about the deterioration of the carefree island lifestyle she'd grown up with. The billionaires are pushing out the millionaires, she lamented. I remember when we heard about the first house that sold for $250,000 in the 1970s. We all thought the buyer had been ripped off. What did I know? Now shacks sell for a million dollars. As we walked back to the campground from dinner, I wondered how many of the rough homes we passed had million-dollar price tags.